This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm Cap Times food editor and arts writer Lindsay Christians. I'm filling in for podcast producer Natalie Yar, who each week interviews one of the Cap Times reporters about their latest cover story. This week I'm talking to new Cap Times photographer Ruthie Hauge. For our cover this week, Ruthie went all over the city to capture images of what nightlife looks like now during the pandemic in Madison. Welcome, Ruthie. Hi, thanks for having me. You joined the Capital Times right as this pandemic was beginning. Can you talk a little bit about your background before joining CT? Sure. Um, I'm actually celebrating 15 years of business right now. I've been I've had my own photography business since I graduated college in 2005, and uh, I also have a background in photojournalism. Right out of college, I joined the Sun-Times Media Group in the Chicago area, and I worked there for six years as a staff photographer. And I was working on my business that whole time on the side. So I've been pretty busy this whole time just doing photojournalism in various ways, whether it could be at a wedding or even a family portrait that's more candid or lifestyle-focused. And uh, lots of business work for um, small businesses and even larger corporations. How long have you been in the Madison area? We moved here at the end of 2017. So you started kind of right as the pandemic was ramping up. How has the job changed for you since you started with the Cap Times? I I started about five days, I think, before the Safer at Home order went into place. So... I don't think it has changed significantly since I started, but the week before I started, I was taking freelance assignments for the Cap Times, and I was inside of the jail shortly before they announced an inmate had COVID. Um, I mean, I was all over the place. So I was photographing concerts and, and things like that just in the in the one week leading up to sort of everyone going into their own lockdowns. I think I've been taking it pretty seriously since before they even put the order in place. I follow the news really closely, and my husband works for UW, so he's had quite a bit of information directly from health department because he's on the emergency team. Um, So I think because of that, we had put our own restrictions into place and our own safety measures into place. So early on, I asked my editors if it was okay if I just avoided going into buildings, if I could, um, you know, try to shoot things outdoors as much as possible. I wear a mask every time I shoot anything. For me, I I mean, I see a lot of work from photojournalists that's a lot more risky. And sometimes I'll wonder, you know, why am I not brave enough? Why why can they do it and I can't? Um, But for me, it just comes down to I'm a mom of young children and it's, it's not worth it. What inspired you to want to capture images of the city at night? Um, I've been going on a lot of sunset walks just to kind of get my me time because we live in a tiny house and uh, with four of us and a large cat. I've been doing that to to um, get out and 
look at the sunset, just take some deep breaths and, um, you know, reset. And I noticed a lot of restaurants that just had either, you know, one person inside the chef or, or the hostess delivering carry out orders to people. And it was otherwise dark and chairs were stacked. And, um, then I would keep walking and I'd see houses with win- windows glowing and people doing things inside or even out in their yards or in their garages or whatever it was. And I just started pondering what nightlife means now. What, is there a new definition to nightlife? Will we ever go back? Will it be modified? So I wanted to explore that outside of my neighborhood. You captured some really intimate portraits as part of this photo essay. Can you share any stories about how you connected with those subjects? Some of them I already knew, but for the most part, I get a lot of my leads from different networking groups that I'm part of. Some of them are Facebook groups, some of them are business connection groups or chambers of commerce, um, and a couple of groups for creatives. So if I need, if I have an idea and I need a person that might be doing that thing or that fits that genre, then I'll post on those groups and see what happens. Were there situations where you got there and you had to say, oh no, go back to what you were doing before? I tried to make it pretty clear that I wanted to be a fly on the wall. And it was taken to the next level by the fact that I'm shooting through closed windows and I can't communicate. So a lot of times I was shooting in just complete silence, which was kind of eerie. Um, there's a, there's a photo of an artist doing her work and we didn't communicate at all. Yeah. Some people would open the window and, and talk to me first and say, hi. Some people just kept the window closed and just kept doing what they were doing and maybe didn't even realize I had left when I was done. <laughs> so, Were there images that you wanted to make that didn't, uh, quite come out the way you wanted them to, or that you tried to get and didn't work out? I think my focus in the beginning was really on the restaurants and bars and places that would normally be very busy. And I think I focused too hard on that at first and ended up with more images than I needed because they were getting redundant. And then I had shot a few photos through windows of people doing things in their own homes. And I was realizing there the balance wasn't there and I needed more of that. So I kind of had to change course and stop shooting any more public places and just try to find more contacts and, uh, and change the direction of the story a bit. Were there some images that you loved that didn't make the cut? There's a lot of images. I had like 86 <laughs> images, I think, in my first round of edits. Um, and I got down to, I believe, 24, 25 for the online version. And we still had to cut it down further to, I believe, 11 photos for the print edition. So yeah, there's always good stuff on the cutting room floor. But just because it's there doesn't mean it's going in the garbage necessarily, because we now have social media. And that's a great platform to post anything that isn't seen in the other platforms. What are the biggest challenges in your job right now? I am generally the kind of person who likes to laugh and smile and joke around and communicate with the people I'm photographing. And it's very hard to do that in these situations where we have to remain distant from each other. 
I need to wear a mask so people can't even tell when I'm smiling at them. And um, I've noticed a lot of my cues of, you know, my sense of humor are missed because they can't read my facial expression when I'm saying them. So that's hard because you kind of have to crack open the egg, if that makes sense. Um, when you're photographing, you have to crack through their shell, their wall that they put up just to the general public and and media. They might be nervous about media uh, to get their real personality to come out in the photo. And so it's that's been very hard to do in these situations. Um, and then, then the mask itself is very frustrating and I will be really happy when I don't have to wear them anymore. Um, the mask fogs up my viewfinder on my camera. So I often hold my breath when I'm shooting pictures and I'll find that if I'm actually moving around, walking around and shooting and moving and walking, then I get very winded and I realize it's because I'm holding my breath a lot trying to move. Um, so that's, that's really hard. I do have a touchscreen shutter and focus on the back of my camera, but it doesn't have the minute focus that it does when I'm actually looking through the viewfinder and there's a time and a place for each one, but generally I, I balance them. So I've had to use more of the viewfinder on the back. You've also mentioned, I think that the amount of time you can stay out shooting is limited because there aren't public restrooms available anymore. Yes. I, how could I forget about that? Yeah. I have to schedule my photo assignments. So I'm not away from home for more than three hours at a time. Cause I've found that that's about how long it takes before I really have to pee. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and I have purchased a emergency travel potty that lives in the trunk of my car. And I got a little pop-up privacy tent that goes around it. I have not had to use it yet, and I'm terrified to have to use it because in downtown Madison, what, where am I going to do that? <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, I also have sort of a imaginary map in my head of friends' houses that if I have to go pee in their backyard, maybe I'll <laughs> do that if it's a real emergency. But so far, I've been able yeah. to get home on time. Have there been moments while you were working on this photo essay that really surprised you? Images that you're like, oh, I'm really glad I got that. I can think of one where it was very, I felt very voyeuristic. I was photographing a bar and it will remain unnamed because um, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but they were definitely hosting something inside of that bar and all the curtains were drawn and I was seeing people filing into it. So stuff like that was surprising because I'm left with a conflicted feeling. Do I photograph this? Do I report this? Do I ignore this? Obviously, we're not supposed to be doing these things under these orders. That's really hard because that's that blurry line between what what your role is as, as a person, but also as someone who's documenting it, right? Yeah, I think photojournalists come across that often. You know, we don't want to get anyone in trouble, but also it's our job to tell the truth and show what's happening. So do you think working through this pandemic will change anything about the way you approach your job in the future? I worry about when things reopen, how comfortable I'll be going back into buildings or being in closer spaces with people. And... That makes me sad because my style of photography is very 
in your face. You know, I, I like to use my 24 to, to 70 millimeter lens most often and just really get in there and fill the frame with faces or whatever activity is happening. And I haven't been able to shoot like that during the pandemic. I wonder how long it will be before I feel I can do that again. I've used my longest lens, which is a 70 to 300 millimeter more than ever in this pandemic. I mean, I only use that in the past for shooting sports and weddings where there's restrictions on how close to the couple I can get during the ceremony. I have to shoot from the back of a church, for example. Otherwise, that lens pretty much sleeps in its case most of the time. But in the past two months, it hasn't come off my camera at all. So I wonder, you know, at what point can I remove that lens and go back to my favorites? What are some images you're looking forward to making this summer? You know, it's unpredictable. I, I can't I can't pinpoint it because every week, every day, even something new comes up or a new idea pops in my head or a reporter contacts me with their story idea and the brainstorm happens. So I've never I've never been able to predict what's what's next for me, which is why I love what I do because I'm I'm the kind of person who thrives on just the unpredictable. Well, thank you for making this beautiful collection of photos. Folks can see them online at captimes.com, but you have a website as well, right? I do. I I post newer work on my Instagram. So that's at Ruthie Hauge Photography. That's R-U-T-H-I-E-H-A-U-G-E Photography. And I do have a website, which is RuthieHauge.com. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ruthie Hauge, Cap Times photojournalist. Tune in next week for a conversation between Natalie and education reporter Scott Gerard about virtual teaching. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the Mad Splainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. I also host the podcast The Corner Table about food and drink in Madison, and check out Wedge Issues, all about state politics. I'm Lindsay Christians with the Cap Times. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.